Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means. the long box guys gonna do tonight brain the same thing the long box guys do every night pinky drink and talk about comics they're useless to taking over the world yes hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the long box guys with me as always are some of my very favorite uh, people since i was a very little kid mike how you doing and what are you drinking I'm doing excellent and i am drinking some eagle rare uh, bourbon whiskey today Delicious. Tommy, how about you? How are you doing and what are you drinking? I'm drinking some Old Camp whiskey. It tells me on the bottle it's smooth. What, did you do? what are you drinking, Tommy? How are you doing? Uh, I have some uh, uh, Old Number 7 tonight, Jack Daniels. It was on sale and it is it's so good, so very good. Josh, my good friend, how are you? And, and what are you drinking tonight? I'm doing well, and I'm drinking a beer called Impermanence. It's a imperial milk stout with chocolate, coffee, and maple syrup. And who makes that one? Uh, it's another Treehouse beer. It's weighing it at a mighty 9.2%. Woof! I'm gonna. Try, I bought that uh, on your recommendation. I did buy the Gunner's Daughter. I'm going to uh, wait for a night where uh, I, I'm in a beer drinking mood, which might be tonight because I'm going to play a little... Uh, Red Dead Redemption. Let me ask you this, Josh. Uh, are you super psyched about Treehouse opening up a second uh, location? Uh, it doesn't really matter to me. It's further away than their current location, so... Uh, I was hoping it was closer. Uh, no, there's actually two new locations. There's going to be oh. one down the Cape and one in Deerfield. They actually oh. sort of quietly announced them a while ago. Thank you for the link, but it's... Uh, yeah. I'm sure you knew more about it than me, but if I say anything with Treehouse, I'd like to put it up there for you. So did they close the Munson one? Uh, the Munson facility is used to brew uh, small batches before they put them into production. So there's no there's no retail there anymore, but there's a facility there, but it's not open to the public. Yeah. But we can break in is what you're saying. Absolutely. <laughs> Stacy, my friend, I think I know what you're drinking and what you're drinking out of, but let's 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 see if you can wow me. What do you got there, Stacy? All right, so I did have some wine with dinner uh, that was a La Mancha wine, a Spanish red, which was very good. Um, but tonight I am drinking water, but I'm drinking out of uh, a Grogu. Oh. <laughs> uh, and if you've seen the, the Growing Pains uh, Mandalorian parody, his full name is Grogery St. John. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, that sounds delightful. He's a delightful character who has appeared in, in uh, 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 just The Mandalorian, nothing else. And we're not talking about those characters at all today. Today we're going to be talking about Hanna-Barbera. Uh, when Hanna met Barbera, magic happened, my friends. And some of the best Saturday morning cartoons, some of the best specials, so many good things happen. Everybody has favorites on this one. So today we're going to be talking about three of our favorite Hanna-Barbera characters. And we're also going to be talking about Hanna-Barbera characters in alternate universes. LT, why don't you tell us a little something about the Hanna-Barbera company? Uh, 
Okay. Well, well he's looking that up. <laughs> Hanna Barbera first met uh, Hannah, Joseph Hanna, and was it William Barbera? Yes. No, William. No, I reversed it. It's William Hanna and Joseph Barbera. Yeah. They yeah. met while they were doing Tom and Jerry, and they had such a good relationship that in 1957 they decided to found their own production studio, and uh, they started off by. Uh, they weren't quite as successful with their earliest works, but uh, once they got the Flintstones down, it was pretty much shot off from there because that was... No, actually, no, I guess Huckleberry Hound was their first big hit, right? Well, didn't they start doing Tom and Jerry for Metro-Golden-Mare before they actually formed their own studio? Yeah, that's what I said, but you were too busy looking it up in Wikipedia to to pay attention to it. (laughs) Um, I was covering for you, man. Come on. (laughs) All right, continue on, Mike. No, no, you ruined it. So uh, I do have a trivia question for you. Out of all of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, not counting spinoffs, which cartoon had the most episodes? The most episodes. Uh, Uh, So uh, first of all, I don't know the answer to this. Was Tom and Jerry moved over to Hanna-Barbera? And are we retroactively calling... Okay, so no. Okay. No. Uh, they don't own uh, – Hanna-Barbera does not own Tom and Jerry, even though they created Okay. It. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Wasn't sure. Yogi so Bear? I'm, I'm going to say the Flintstones since before The Simpsons, it was the longest running prime time. cartoon. The longest running primetime cartoon. And you're right. I'm, you are right. All right. No, no, you're right that it was the longest-running primetime cartoon. He's not right about the number of episodes, though. All right, I'm going to have to go with uh, Scooby-Doo if you go with all the iterations. Cause there's no, been he a... said not counting. He said not counting, counting the iterations. Oh, all right, all right. Um... Stacy, you got a guess? Um, wacky Races? <laughs> oh, not even close. Most of the it's surprising when you look at most of their series, they only lasted for one season. And although there were a lot of ones that had spin-offs like uh like Scooby-Doo for example and the uh, the Flintstones had a number of spin-offs, etc. but it's the Smurfs. Oh. 247. God damn it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That. Those those blue things, man, they're just money generators. That is true. As yeah. we well know from our Smurf podcast, those fuckers make tons of money. They didn't actually create the Smurfs, but they licensed the rights, and they're the ones who did the cartoon. So, so when we were kids, there was a little store. Uh, oh shit, I can't remember. Right across the street from my house, and they had this little glass case, and they always used to get the original Smurf action figures in. Not action figures. They were just figurines because they couldn't. Yeah. They didn't move right. at all. Yeah. Wow was, yeah, we were, like, obsessed with collecting those at the time. Like, I wanted to get the entire Smurf village. I thought they could turn into gold. But uh, <laughs> my sister really liked them, and I was like, oh, we just got to get them. Got to get all these, right? Yeah. And then I just need to get Gargamel's formula. I need to murder Gargamel and turn them all into gold. Did I say that out loud? Was that out loud? Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it's fair. It's fair. 
What else were they good for, honestly? I mean, they're still highly collectible. There, there are some of them that could literally be turned into gold because they're worth a lot of money. Solid gold. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Stace, do you have it? What? Do you have any? I ha- I don't have any of the valuable ones. I do have a few of them. I, I have mostly <laughs> the, the Halloween ones. Like, there's one holding a jack o' lantern, and there's a Smurfette as a witch. Well, okay. she was. Wow. Well, she had to put up with a whole bunch of men all day, so... That's a good point. That would Smurfs explaining everything to her? <laughs> exactly. Especially like, real smurfing. 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 Smurf Your mouth. mother smurfers. Is there right. a killer smurf? So we are going to go in a round robin, talking about our three favorite Hanna-Barbera characters or cartoons, and then we will then move on. So I think because LT was not prepared and was not paying attention when we all put our fingers on our nose that he gets to go first. I would like to choose Space Ghost. A solid pick, my friend. I will drink to Space Ghost. I I really did. I was never aware what his actual powers were other than, like, turning invisible, right? And the beams? Yeah, he could turn invisible and he had the beams on his... uh... On his, he had the armbands with his beams on his, um, on his arms, and he also had the Phantom Cruiser. And he had two children that he, he used as labor. Two children and a monkey. <laughs> two children. Jan and Jason Cleek. My favorite ABC sitcom. So is that where they stole the Wonder Twins from? Did they did they rescue them from Space Ranger? <laughs> Space Ghost. Space Ghost, sorry. Probably. Space Ranger is a different DC character. Probably. That's probably where they got the idea. Hmm. But, I mean, the the Wonder Twins were, you know, also a Hanna-Barbera creation, so. It's true. What, uh, what was it about Space Ghost that you liked? <laughs> well, I just, in the original cartoon, I liked uh, everything about it. It had action, adventure, science fiction, and a monkey. I mean, what's not to like? It's true. All those things are good. Yeah. Yeah. Name a villain. Name one villain. Come on, Tommy. I can't name it. The the villains were, were, in all these cartoons, were kind of one-dimensional. Well, one became a sidekick in the later iterations. uh, Was his name Borlak or something? Borak? Borak. Zorak. 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 40 stories high, breathing fire, his head in the sky. Godzilla! Godzilla! <laughs> I love Godzilla. And, and the, of course, that is, and Godzuki. And I have nobody like Godzuki. That guy could get lost in a pond and just drown and nobody give a shit. But anyway, Godzilla, the cartoon, was awesome. 
first of all, I loved Creature Double Feature when I was a kid. I loved everything about Godzilla. And then he shows up in a cartoon all of a sudden, and there's, like, this human team who, like, follows him around and vaguely tries to define what Godzilla can do. But he just goes off on his own thing and stomps on bad guys until he crushes entire cities. I mean, what's not to love about a, you know, a giant radioactive dinosaur just stomping around the planet? It wasn't, I mean... <laughs> In retrospect, it is not a cartoon that holds up at all, and uh, I don't think anybody expected it to. But I still love Godzilla, and uh, and he can do no wrong. I love that cartoon, too. My problem with that was the same problem I have right now in Washington, D.C. You have a child with a box with a button on it that can call down and rain destruction. Who trusted the kid with a button to call Godzilla? I mean... I think he had a, you know, the, he had like the the Mothra configuration, right? So like Godzilla, I don't think Godzilla would only react to certain people. It's like a remote control, but only certain people can use it. And that yeah. kid was the best. Uh, he was the best one on it. He was the best one on. Yeah. Yeah. Godzilla. I don't trust. I don't. I just don't trust a kid with the power of Godzilla. I do. <laughs> I trust every kid with the power of Godzilla. Me Every single kid. Every kid should have their own, like... Every kid. That's my seat. Godzilla. That's my seat. <laughs> use that button. Yep. So, obviously, what seems to be the problem? <laughs> Stacey, how about you? I'm sure you guys have a lot of favorites here. I, I have a lot of favorites. I, I restricted myself uh, to kind of classic Hanna-Barbera because I my first instinct was like Powerpuff Girls I'm like, that's not really if you think about Hanna-Barbera technically not so my first choice uh, is Janna of the Jungle and the reason it is my favorite uh, or one of my favorites was uh, I watched a lot of USA Cartoon Express and that was the main cartoon that I remember watching uh, on the Cartoon Express I love Cartoon Express. That was great. Cartoon Express was pretty fantastic. What it was, was no the... banana splits, but I yeah. did like Cartoon Express. No, no, but it, it was good. What was the thing that tied it together? I forget. The train? No. <laughs> yeah, no. Train? Yeah. It was the... a fucking train. Yeah. Train. Shut train. up. Cartoons. I... Yeah, yeah. Was on trains. I remember? It was something. I love Cartoon Express. There were some great cartoons on that. <laughs> Jet of the Jungle, of course, problematic because, you know, the, the white savior saving, uh, um, you know, going all the way back to some of those original comic books. But back then, we just loved that. And, uh, you know, she was always fighting the good fight, and uh, tigers would help her. What was the name of her? Jenna, what, what was her uh, sidekick animal? I don't. I honestly. I'm don't not putting on the spot. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I. I can. I can tell you now that yeah, the the whole white saber thing, I, probably not great now. Um, at the time, I just thought it was cool that there was a lady swinging through the jungle that had animals at her disposal that she could pick on people. So, yeah. You, you know. go fight that guy because I ain't gonna. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know. The Michael a... Vick of the jungle. I mean, you could have gone the crazy cat lady from The Simpsons as the modern version. Yeah. 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 I went with something less disgusting. (laughs) Mike, 
<laughs> what do you got, buddy? Tra la 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 Bingo. Damn it. That's what I was missing. Bingo and Snort. Bingo, yeah. Bingo, yeah. yeah. So uh, the banana splits before Sid and Marty Croft designed all of their awesome Saturday morning cartoons. They got a job with Hanna-Barbera, and they created the banana splits. The banana splits just – they were a weird group of – Dudes in costumes who kind of just did little shorts in between the introduction of either the cartoon uh, Arabian Nights or the Three Musketeers, or my personal favorite, the old the live action Danger, Danger Island. Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah, the, Man, another there problematic. Was a lot of quicksand. Yeah. Lots of quicksand on Danger Island. That's why it was a Danger Island. Yeah, I have to say, Danger Island though was pretty, uh, pretty cutting edge because it mixed animation and live action together. Uh, what is one of the first like real things that did a lot of that uh, on uh, on Saturday mornings? Yeah. And Chango was really funny. <laughs> and then Filmation uh, did a bunch of that later on with. Um, uh, Jason Star Command and Arc Two and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I loved was... Arabian Nights, even though it was, you know, because of course. Oh no, sorry, I, I I almost conflated that with Shazam. Sorry, yeah. my bad. We were talking about the flying camel earlier. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, getting back to banana splits, I like the uh, the 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 way they would do the interstitial stuff between the cartoons, it kind of kept you interested and put the next one forward. And I think that's kind of a throwback to the old, uh, has, has anyone ever watched the old Soupy Sales show? No. Uh, watch a couple of on TV or something. That's the way he would do it. Uh, uh, or Bozo the Clown, same thing. Uh, Soupy Sales was a little bit more uh, cartoons and shorts, and Bozo had a lot more stuff going on. Uh, but um, yeah, the the the, uh, the banana splits really reminded me a little bit of that setup that Soupy Sales would do, like quick skit, cartoon, quick skit leads to a skit, then a cartoon or whatever. We also had Willie Whistle if you were a New Englander. I don't remember. Oof, you guys, you guys remember Willie Whistle? Yeah, I, don't. I met him. Yeah, you met really? Willie Whistle. I fucking Willie Whistle. I, I I got a photo when I was a kid with Willie Whistle. Wow. Oh. Um, the Willie Whistle was like a New England version of Bozo. Like I, I, you know, once again, it just assumed I one of those things you assumed everybody knew who he was, who grew up in our like sort of era. And I was like, oh yeah, Willie Whistle. And people were like, oh, what the fuck you're talking about? And then you do like, oh, I can walk like a penguin, and people look at you like you're a goat with three fucking heads. And then you realize, <laughs> no, that was only in New England. Yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody outside of New England knows who Fudgy the Whale is. No. Hey, Stacy. So Willie Whistle was our version of Bozo, except he talked with a whistle, with a mouth kazoo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was like in his mouth, and he, yeah, it was it was disturbing. And then they sold them for a while, and everybody wanted one when I was a kid. 
just wow. disturbing. That sounded really annoying for any teacher ever. <laughs> must have been awful. Like 20 of those things in the classroom. God. Hell on earth. Yeah. Hell. Hell. On earth. Uh, all right, I'll do mine now because I haven't gone yet. I love, love, loved Hong Kong Fui. Number one super yeah. guy. Someone mm-hmm. drink, God damn it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hong Kong Scatman Crothers. Yeah. Uh, brilliant character portrayal. Uh, so many tropes, so many throwbacks, so many callbacks to <laughs> other adult type shows. Uh, the sergeant, ooh, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> it was, it was uh, a character from uh, way back in the 1940s and 50s cart, uh, um, movies. Uh, Rosemary, the uh, the lovable uh, dispatch girl. All of these uh, characters were, were straight out of vaudeville almost, and. Uh, so much fun to watch. And I was thinking to myself, the, the, the question I was asking you guys, like, who was the villain or who were other characters? I can name, like, all the backup characters, like the, the Spot the Cat and Rosemary and Sarge and all those, but I can't think of any real villains. you guys remember any villains from Hong I Kong mean, Fui? Yeah, I don't remember him really having, like, a recurring bad guy. Yeah, he would just, like, someone would rob a bank using a new yeah. cloak of invisibility, and, then and he, uh, uh, he beat him. Used, yeah, and then he used, you know, the karate move 112, right, yeah. like, out of his book. Yeah. I gotta look in my Hong Kong book of Kung Fu knowledge. Yeah. I'm gonna get you with a spinning hook kick of death. And then he'd spin around four times, and then uh, uh, spot the cat would shoot him. Trip the person. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, yeah, I like my like Spot the Cat would just come up and straight up gangster gack him and uh, that would be it so I, the was cool. I did a little poll of some of our listeners and uh, Rob, big good looking Rob Logan said his favorite Hanna-Barbera character was Hong Kong Fui oh alright yeah. big good looking Rob I, I put you back up to your formal status I saw Rob last year and I'm like who are you just going to call you Rob <laughs> Wow. Wow. It was harsh, harsh. Yeah, it was a little harsh. A little harsh. Josh, who you got next? Uh, I'm going to go with, now, of all the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, this one was an outlier as a kid. Almost every cartoon I watched as a kid, right? G.I. Joe. Almost no one ever got hurt, right? Bullets flying everywhere. Everyone got out of the vehicle just in time. I think Duke got put in a coma once when an entire oil rig collapsed on him. Yeah, and that and was then, the Yeah, and then an episode later, like whatever, he was back, right? Uh, but however, in Johnny Quest, Ray Bannon would just pull out a rifle and shoot people. Yep. Like, what the? Like, as a kid, I was like, Oh my god, that guy's totally gonna get off that exploding boat. What the fuck? No one got <laughs> off the exploding boat. Nobody jumped in time. Where where did all those people go? The only logical conclusion was they fucking exploded. <laughs> As a kid, you saw Johnny Quest and you were like, Oh my god, I don't understand cartoons with consequences. <laughs> what is happening to my brain? It was brilliant. It was one of those shows where you turned around as a kid, you watched it, and they had Bandit, who was just as 
cartoon as comical as anything that Hanna-Barbera put out. They had uh, the poor kid Haji, who was just as stereotypical and whitewashed as anybody could believe. And then at the other end, you had Ray Spannon, who was just shooting people to protect them. And you were like, huh. We can all agree, huh. worst dad ever. Worst dad ever, yeah. yeah. Dr. Quest, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, no, I mean, he's not, he's not Liam Neeson. Okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> second worst dad ever. He's second worst. Yeah. He's number two. Uh, but yeah, like as a kid, it was just one of those revelations where you're like, oh, I don't like this is it, it propelled you towards the adulthood. Like you were just like, and I don't think parents knew like I don't no parent ever watched a cartoon at the time. It wasn't like now where there was sort of that mixed interest where you're like, oh, I, I like the same cartoons my kid might like. It's it's not Futurama. It's not anything like that. Simpsons. And so it just wasn't watched. And I'm still surprised to this very moment like right now <laughs> that I, that no one ever called that cartoon out for it except for uh the venture brothers venture brothers yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. poor johnny's a heroin addict now <laughs> yeah uh, but it was a brilliant cartoon and the updated version was actually demurred right they they pulled back on the violence they they didn't let uh, Ray Spannon do what he was doing in the original cartoon, so... Well, he just got out of the Hague for war crimes. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah just, that shit he down. just did it off-screen. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, they did it off... They off-screened it, which... Uh, it was just surprising, and it's just a cartoon that, that, that stays with me. Yeah, those spider-eyeball things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what yeah. the hell kind of nightmare are they trying to what give the children... That? And yeah. all those poor frogmen, they're just dead. Dead. Frogmen of just like bolt action rifle those sons of bitch down. Like, you're like, wait a minute. I have a favorite kill. <laughs> frogmen are hiding around the corner. There's a bulldozer. Do you guys remember this kill? Race has an automatic weapon. He shoots the blade of the bulldozer and it ricochets off, and you just hear screams. <laughs> because he ricocheted and killed all those guys around the corner and their body and they could have just left it at that but no not murder rate they fall forward <laughs> and you see the bodies start piling up I'm like it was just, yeah it was just one of those cartoons that was I mean if you watched it it was I think like one of the most impactful and I have cartoons. no evidence of this but I believe that Johnny Quest was Chad Stahowski's favorite cartoon growing up and that's I'm, what informed john wick right Bannon? yes that's right that movie is now race band because and bandit was the dog who died oh my god yeah it all oh comes around god we've done anything for bandit that's right we're calling john wick's new name is race bannon that's it <laughs> just race Bannon. that's it race bannon he's not john wick race bannon couldn't get the right. <laughs> Tommy, give me give me your number uh, two. Are you just on two? Yeah, yeah. My my sure. number two would be Harvey Birdman. Birdman. Wait, did you actually like the original, or are you just calling back because of the remake? Uh, I did like the original, but but I I also love the remake. the The original I used to watch on Sunday morning because that's when it was on. Uh, I remember it being on on Sundays. It's kind of like 
you had your Saturday morning cartoons and then Sunday was kind of the leftovers. <laughs> and it was like the only good thing about Sunday morning cartoons. Well, you didn't like, like Samson and Goliath? Yeah. The Claymation Bible? Oh, no, not Samson and Goliath. I like the other one. Oh, the Hannibal Samson and Goliath. I'm talking about David and Goliath. Sorry. Yeah, that was the Christian claymation one. Samson Goliath was Hanna Barbera, I think, and that was great. Yeah, dog on a scooter could turn into a lion. Fuck that. Yeah. Everybody wanted that. Sorry, Tom. I'll take Go on, Tommy. <laughs> so, so out of the out of the Sunday morning cartoons, it was it was the the shining light out of that. No, it wasn't. Because I would have to say on Sunday morning, the shining light was the Herculoids. Wait, before we get into that, let me back up to Harvey Birdman. Yeah. Uh, was Redacto <laughs> one of his villains? I he believe was. it was. All right. Redacto, I, gotta, I might were, have to check these I'm out. I'm pretty sure it was. There were also no, two iterations of Birdman, by the way. So there was Birdman, the original cartoon, and it was just him and it's Avenger, Avenger, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then there was uh, Birdman and the Galaxy Trio. Oh yeah, where he had his little uh, his little uh, little helpers too. Yeah. So, was Peanut one of his helpers? What's that? Was Peanut one of his helpers? I only know Harvey Birdman from Peanut was. I I don't remember who was in the Galaxy Trio. Honestly, I just remember the title sequence. No, I remember Birdman in the Galaxy Trio. I think Peanut was was one of uh, Space Ghost's kids. Were they swapping? Space. Oh yeah! You, once you outgrow your teenage sidekick, you got to get him out of the house, man. You can't. You can't have that sad sack look at you all day. Like, hey, we going on an adventure? Uh-huh. You outgrew this, man. Get out. So, Birdman, also created by Alex Toth, creator of Space Ghost. Yep. Yep. That sounds right. I, I said yeah. yep like I knew, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> 2021 is the year I don't uh, 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 pretend I know shit. <laughs> Holy crap, there's a lot of fucking villains for Birdman. I do remember oh, the redacted yeah. Oh, yeah, he fought new villains just about every week. Yeah, they, oh, yeah he was, didn't have a lot of recurring, he, so he got... He, like he just, it was new people all the time. Yeah. So the Galaxy Trio is a group of three extraterrestrial superheroes, Vapor Man, Meter Man, and Gravity Girl, who patrol yep. in their space cruiser Condor 1, maintaining order and fighting evildoers in the name of the Galactic Patrol Law Enforcement Agency. Wow. That's a yes. lot to soak in. Yes. Yeah, they were part of the same. So they were like another 10, 11-minute episode thing that was mixed in with Birdman yeah. uh, in, the, uh, in a... Another iteration because I don't know I don't know Birdman can hold his own Saturday morning. Kind of like the poor so. man's Fantastic Four. Yeah, oh, they definitely were. Meteor Man was kind of cool. Yeah. Honestly, turn- I just remember the titles. Like I said, I remember the title screen more than anything. Well, let me let me let me uh, get back to shitting on Tommy. <laughs> uh, on Sunday morning, the Herculoids would come on. And the Herculoids weren't just one cartoon. It was usually like four or five, including uh, my favorite one that was on the Herculoids, was, which was Moby Space Moby Dick. You guys remember no, the Space Herculoids Moby? was its own cartoon. Herculoids was they its own have, cartoon. Space Moby Dick and Sh- uh, the Shazam one, sometimes they would all be on the same. I mean, they never crossed each other. No, you're thinking was... it, so the, 
the title of the cartoon you're looking for is Hanna Barbera's World of Super Adventure. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So I, that's where the only time I saw the Herculoids and everybody else. And yeah, they and they mixed up various cartoons on Super Adventure. But for a while, Herculoids did have their own cartoon, like full, full. I never, I never saw the Herculoids by themselves. I only saw, I only caught Hanna Barbera's World of Super Adventure, where you had uh, Frankenstein Jr., Moby Dick, yeah. Space Whale, which I thought oh, they was had a crazy. ton. Yeah, they they mixed everything in like craziness on that cartoon. And speaking of the Herculoids, uh, friend of the podcast and listener Scott Martinez said his favorite Hanna Barbera character is Gloop and Gleep. And Gleep, yeah. yeah. The, uh, what? There's another version of them that I mean, basically, uh, Shmoo. Remember Shmoo? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Shmoo, Gleep, Glorp. There was a whole series of candle pinned uh, shaped pseudopod <laughs> creatures throughout cartoon history, and uh, they are in the mix there. Uh, that's very New England normative of you to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Once again, yeah, nobody knows what candle pin bowling is. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, only here in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And duck pin only here. And duck pin only here. That is correct. Yeah. Stacy, do you know what candle pin is? I mean, I know what gleep and gleep look like. <laughs> 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 I can, no, no, I, uh, I can I, use uh, duck reasoning to figure out what it looks like. <laughs> 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 nice. <laughs> that's, that's a, a deductive leap of reasoning as to pseudopod creatures through New England bowling references. All right. The last thing I will next week on. <laughs> I think that's going to be my thesis. <laughs> so I don't know anything about Moby Dick Space Whale. What the hell is that? Yeah, I don't remember that either. Do you guys remember that one? Yeah. Like that one? Mike, he was the whitewashed version of Jabberjaw. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got I it. I mean, basically, it was another Jabberjaw cartoon. It was Moby Dick. He was like a helpful whale out to sea with friends, and yeah. it was. Uh, I didn't. I mean, was I was Ahab him. still trying to kill him? I don't remember. I, I don't think remember Ahab being a bad, bad guy. guy. I think he was the bad guy in the cartoon, and, and Moby Dick was like the fun-loving whale who was just helping <laughs> people out. <laughs> Let's be clear. He was a space whale. A space whale. A space whale. All all whales are space whales. I've seen Star Trek two. That's right. I've read four. Four. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It was just called. It was actually just called Moby Dick, Uh, and uh, he was. There were eighteen episodes. His big bad guy was the iguana man. Uh, He had two young boys who would follow him around and. yeah, it was kind of like a Scooby Doo ish kind of thing. Was he a sperm whale? <laughs> uh, they, they don't say. Oh, and he was. Uh, and, and, and later he had a spinoff with Moby Dick and the Mite Tor. If you guys remember Mite Tor. Uh, do you remember yeah. Mite Tor? Yeah. Tor shaped like a peach? No, he was like <laughs> a barbarian type character. Yeah, he had uh, super strength and vulnerability, flight, super speed, and his club could fire X ray beams and Arctic winds. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, like Captain Caveman if Captain Caveman was serious. Mm. How's that? Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing I wanted to say about the stupid Herculoids, uh, when the dad character, he, like, instead of Braculation, which is how Tarzan crossed uh, the jungle, 
all the vines in his world were like super stretched out and rubbery and he would bounce between them. And they had the same stupid animation every time they showed like four times of him bouncing on these stupid vines and I loved it every fucking time. Okay, real quick, name all the monsters from Herculoids. Alright, Tundra was the uh, Tundra was the, uh, the, the Triceratops. Yep. I, I'm out. <laughs> there was the, the ape that was like made of stone. I don't want to. Yeah. What was his name? Igu. 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 Yep. All right. All right. And then there was a flying dragon who could throw lightning bolts from his tail. Sprock. Also a type five demon, Mike. Frock. Frock. Absolutely. <laughs> I was pretty close with Sprock. Come yeah. on. You were. But I wanted to give Mike the original D&D reference and have him nail it. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Igu, yeah, I get goo. Yeah, rock, Igu, Andro. All right, who's next? Uh, Stace, what do you got next for me? Uh, next, I have your old pal Snagglepuss. Um, and, and the main reason that I love Snagglepuss is... Um, my mom loved Snagglepuss. Like, she loved just anytime he was, like, if I was watching cartoons and he came on, she would just be like, oh, my gosh, they're old pal Snagglepuss. And she would just start, like, mimicking him and, and stuff. And I remember there was a kid uh, when I was in first grade. It was a really, really, really shy kid, and he wouldn't talk to anybody. And she was uh, chaperoning a party at school, and she was trying to get him to play games with the other kids. And she kept, and the only way she could get him to do it is if she, like, mimicked Snagglepuss and got him to smile and play with uh, play with the other kids. So, yeah, I love Snagglepuss. Also, he's a he's a pink jungle cat that is kind of a southern gentleman. I don't know, like it's just intriguing. <laughs> He's got a lot going on, that's for sure. He's got a lot going on. I love backstory. Uh, a friend of the podcast and listener, Josh Mathern, said that Snagglepuss was his favorite Hanna-Barbera character. Oh. Nice job, Josh. Uh, Snagglepuss becomes one of my favorite characters later when we're talking about some of the reimaginings, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, Snagglepuss becomes very, very interesting. Keep it in your pants, buddy. Yeah. Speaking about keeping it in your pants, I want to go to my next guy, and that is Peter Potamus. <laughs> the Peter Potamus show, I got to say that I loved that cartoon. Not only did it have a uh, quick, nobody, nobody peek. What was his monkey sidekick's name? This is only an average sidekick. Charlie. So so. <laughs> and I love that he would just sail around in the dirigible, having adventures, and uh, hanging out uh, like he could travel in time. Because if he blew his uh, hippo hurricane holler yeah. loud enough, it would blow him into time. And he also had. Uh, Yippy, Yappy, and Yahooey, who were parodies of the Three Musketeers. Uh, they also had a cartoon on the Peter Potamus show, as did Breezley Bear and Sneasley Seal. And I love those guys too. So, big fan of Peter Potamus. I did not know 
that the guy who was doing his voice, because I was just a kid, I didn't know anything, uh, was impersonating Joe Brown. I had no idea who Joe Brown was, so I had to go look that up. Has everybody seen Some Like It Hot? Yes. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the guy who's in love with Jack Lemmon? The last star of the movie, yeah. Yeah, and then when he finds out that he's a dude, he's like, no one's perfect. No one's perfect. (laughs) I'm a man. Nobody's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, just a little bit of trivia there for you, a little fun Alex fact. It's kind of funny because he kind of looks like Peter Potamus too. A little bit. Get that. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk about Peter Potamus's other iterations, but uh, did you get that thing I sent you? Did you get that, that thing? thing? <laughs> the thing? I'd kill for some carbs right now. Literally. Josh, what do you got next? Number three for Josh. Uh, number three is tough. We've covered a lot of ground here, especially the Herculoids. Um, I'm going to have to go with Adam Ant. Oh. Um, up and Adam. Up, up and Adam. Uh, Adam Ant was a... I mean, it's a tough call between Adam Ant and Dynamite, but I, I think I ended up watching more Adam Ant throughout my uh, my childhood. And uh, what was the flea's name? I don't know. Any... Any evil flea with a giant mustache that you can twirl and, and say, yeah, is a worthy adversary. And uh, I can't, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm not, try, I'm trying to not look it up. But anyway, yeah, when your your nemesis is a, uh, a super strong flea, you got to gotta give it up. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was a great cartoon, though. I loved all the gadgets. You know, we'd always, uh, yeah, it, uh, there was a lot of fun things going on. Uh, what was the thing that gave him his power? Was it sunlight or was it atomic energy? Because he'd repower every once in a while, as I recall. Adam man? Yeah. Wow. Oh. I only remember a few uh, few cartoons of that. Yeah. Just like yeah. It like wasn't like Underdog. He, yeah. Every episode, he'd swallow the pill. Yeah. He wasn't a drug addict like Underdog. <laughs> <laughs> but I do believe it was atomic power. That's why he was called Adam Ant. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, he had a real fun uh, comeback in the uh, Space Ghost uh, universe. And not the Space well, in the Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law universe, which I thought was really fun. I don't watch any of that, though. You know what? Uh, Those are really no. fun. Uh, Blue Falcon and Dynamite. Yeah. Drink is my backups. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did love me some dynamite. I mean, Dude, who didn't like dynamite? He was the uh, he was the comedic relief in that in that series because Blue Falcon was the serious comic book hero, and dynamite was the comedic relief that was always getting in trouble. Who did the voice for Blue Falcon? Anybody know? No. I wonder if it was Adam West. It just sounds it sounds so much like him. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm not gonna look it up. Look I'm it up. looking it up because we're not gonna know. <laughs> okay, yeah, no one's gonna. Correct. Correct them on no. No one will know that. Oh, a bunch of people did it, which is not uh, crazy. I just love the way the dynamo used to get himself tied up, and mixed around, and he was hilarious. 
It was. Uh, one of the first one was uh, Gary Owens. You guys remember Gary Owens? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Gary Owens. He was. Uh, he was the, the the narrator of the Laugh Olympics, of course, and he was also uh, on um, a bunch of TV shows as the announcer. Yeah. yeah. Laughing. Uh, Gary Owens. And welcome to blah blah blah. Yeah. Laughing was one of the ones he was. Uh, he was famous for being the uh, the announcer for Laughing. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Good insight, Tom. I'm sorry. Did you say that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Gary oh Owens. my God! What is it? Why don't Tom's listen to what I say? <laughs> Who said that? They didn't hear me either. So we can't hear it when pussyfooted people speak. Oh. Yeah. oh wow. Fighting word. Whoa. They need to go there. I'm going to go with my next one because I love this character. So I almost forgot about this character. I was looking over the list, and I forgot how much I love Undercover Elephant. Do you guys remember Undercover Elephant? Nope. I have no idea what you're talking about. It was real, real, real short-lived, but boy, was it fucking funny. He was an elephant who would go undercover. And all he would do is put on, like, a tiny little mask. And, like, no one would know there was an elephant in the room. And there'd be, like, a, a drug bust. And he would just put on, like, a blue bandana and just walk in, like, hey, all base. <laughs> and drug no one knew it was an elephant. And then he would whip off whatever tiny shred of a disguise and everyone would go, undercover elephant. <laughs> was this on Cartoon Network or was this a fever dream? No, yeah. I think it's a fever dream. Undercover elephant, look it up. I mean, I see pictures of it. I just don't know. I, I just don't was, believe I there was a drug Secret bust involved. It was out with Secret Squirrel. Or the word homies. No, no, no. That I made that part up. Like a big one, like a bunch of guys robbing a bank. Okay, gotcha. And he disguised oh, okay. himself as a bank robber. Right. Right. Or yep. uh, he infiltrated a cheese factory that was trying to kill all the mice or something. Or, oh, one time there was a gang of evil mice. Holy shit, I do remember this. Yeah, he put on big mouse ears, and he was a mouse. And no one got that it was an elephant in the mouse gang. And then he whipped off these mouse ears and like, holy shit, undercover elephant. What the fuck? And uh, I'm adding my own stuff there. Undercover elephant and Secret Squirrel were hilarious for that. So so apparently, uh, I've had to look this up clearly because I don't remember any of this. Uh, he was part of an omnibus show called the CB Bears. He didn't have C. his own cartoon. CB Bears, yeah. I remember CB Bears. I, I don't remember the CB Bears, so. So that had to be in the 70s. Oh, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah, 70, yeah, it was uh, in 77, and it lasted till. What's that? Four seasons. So, 81. Wow. Four seasons. The CB Bears, uh, they tried to hone in on the. Uh, um, MC McCall, uh, kind of, um, the trucking. CD, kind of, yeah, yeah, trucking and, uh, convoy. convoy and all that thing. Yeah. Mm. CW yeah, McCall. No. US and... one. <laughs> oh, uh, so, oh, so the CB bears, uh, later aired on. And some of these segments came through as the animated parts of captain kangaroo. Oh, I oh, loved Captain there, Kangaroo. Yeah, I remember, okay, yeah. The Hair Bear, yeah. Yeah. No, the Hair Bears so, are yeah, different. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember the, the Hair Bears were later, but they were kind of like them a little bit. So it was Blast Off, Buzzard, Hey, It's the King, Posse, Impossible, Shake, Rattle, and Roll, yeah. and Undercover Element, uh, Elephant, 
that were part of the CB Bears and then later uh, short segments on Captain Kangaroo. Hmm. Okay. I remember Shake, Rattle, and Roll. I don't remember Shake, Rattle, and Roll. What was that? They were uh, three ghosts, and they were always trying to outsmart a ghost hunter. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's the only that. one I remember. That. Yeah. And I don't know why I remember it, but I do remember it. And because, yeah, because the ghost and the chef hat. That's, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> there were so many of these great, crazy ones, like Funky Phantom and all these crazy ones. We're not even getting to all of them. What's your next one, Stace? Um, so we already talked about Herculoids, which was which was one of mine. But uh, I'm, I'm going to shout out my favorite, one of my cartoon dogs, uh, which is Muttley, because oh, oh much better, Josh. <laughs> like I, I, I dare anybody to watch Muttley laugh and not at least crack a smile. Oh uh, yeah, he's so he's so funny and just adorable. It's such a dick. Like that's your owner, man. He's on fire. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I start that dastardly was the dick. Literally, because wasn't that his first name? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Dirk. Dick. Is it Dick? Yeah. He was... I've been wrong for many years on that one. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bad guy, and his dog was laughing at him because he was a bad guy, and he had bad things happen to him. So. Yeah. Dick dastardly. Well, what did you like Muttley in best? I mean, he's well, he was in like five different kinds of cartoons. The, the thing I remember most is uh, probably Wacky Races. Yeah. Same, same here. I love the Wacky Races. God damn, those were good. Yeah. Uh, you know what I really miss? Uh, as long as we're talking about these throwbacks, a quick aside. Do you remember when Saturday morning cartoons used to have the preview show on Friday night? Fuck you guys. I do, and they were awesome. And you can go and find them on YouTube. And you can see all the ones from like 1977 all the way up to like 85 when they stopped doing it. I know they used to advertise in comic books and they'd have like a two-page spread of uh, for the different. And so I would get all – I would get the different comic books so I could see all three channels. And I would plan <laughs> out my morning based on what the advertisement in the comic book looked like. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. fuck the traveling. This is before VCRs, guys. So fuck the traveling salesman problem. Getting all the good cartoons in on Saturday morning, that was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> we got really horrible reception, so it was kind of like, which channel are we going to get in this morning? <laughs> all right, Mikey, what's your third for the old school HB crew? I'm going to go with Magella Gorilla. I thought you might. <laughs> he is a gor- uh, the whole premise. He's a gorilla for sale. Boom, sold it. Done. There you go, Mister oh, Peebles. Terrible people, Mister Peebles, uh, a wildlife trafficking bastard, has <laughs> stolen this poor ape and is trying to unload him. And every week he sells him to a horrible person who is just using Magilla to. Commit some sort of crime or something, and yeah, he, he always seduce ends up coming back. Yeah. yeah, but Why at the end, the gorilla was a good choice to seduce the old woman. By the way, I remember that episode. <laughs> well, I mean, 
He did look a lot like her husband. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, apparently it was Megillah is a long, tedious embroidered, uh, is a Hebrew word for a story written in a scroll. Uh, and in one episode has Megillah saying such a Megillah over a gorilla. I, I do know that a Megillah was sometimes, uh, used as like something that was too drawn out. Yep. But I didn't know it was a Hebrew word. Well, there we go. Like, so, yeah. Not gonna be yeah. Gonna go. What was the name of the little girl that always wanted to buy him? OG. OG. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's OG. She's I want to buy that gorilla. Yeah. Damn right. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's three altogether. Now, did we want to do honorable mentions or did we want to just go to Hannah Barbera in the future? Well, before we – as we're going to do honorable mentions, I will say – Todd Sinclair says his favorite is Grape Ape. Grape Ape, Grape Ape. Uh, Talina Sinclair uh, says Betty Rubble. Uh, Yogi Bear got uh, voted by Shuri Aganaga, uh, Bill Plass, uh, Ian Barris, and uh, Donnie Dorsey. Four, four of our listeners were all like Yogi Bear. So lots of love for Yogi. Nobody named Scrappy Doo. Oh, they, I actually literally have people saying I fucking hated Scrappy. I didn't. There was there was a lot of hate for Scrappy. <laughs> like they went out of their way. I just said, "What's your favorite?" And then people were like, "Oh, and I hated Scrappy." Just <laughs> so you know. FYI, FYI, we did quickly mention uh, Samson and Goliath, but that was a terrific show. Uh, also, Laverne and Shirley in space was pretty fucking funny, and Laverne and Shirley in the army was pretty funny to me. They're, they had a Happy Days of Laverne and Shirley and a Mork and Mindy like cartoon. Yeah, that is crazy. Hey man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jay and Silent Bob type pictures, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box Comics Talk for comics fans. So uh, I was, yeah. Scott Shaw, one of the artists for Hanna-Barbera, um, if you ever are at a convention, go listen to his stories. Uh, he described uh, Hannah as a guy who never met an idea he didn't want to steal, <laughs> uh, especially after the success of the Flintstones, um, because it was basically the Honeymooners. Yeah. Uh, um, who played Ralph? Uh, Jackie Gleason said he wa- he was going to sue them, but he didn't want to be the Dick, who pulled Fred Flintstone off the air because the kids would then hate him. Yeah, it, it was such a blatant ripoff. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Joseph Barbera was described as a, the the nicest guy who never saw a drink he didn't want to have and a broad he didn't want to screw. <laughs> nice. All right. Okay. Uh, but apparently they were a great team. They also changed the way animation was done because they had to rely on working on a low budget. So as where like if you go to the movies in that time frame in the nineteen fifties and sixties, there were, you know, you're looking at seven, eight thousand frames, whereas in a, a for a short. Whereas a short for Hanna Barbera would have like two thousand frames and they'd use a lot of the still background in the back and then just animate the front. And then they just, they reuse 
different scenes over and over again. Like you had mentioned the same scene every time with the guy bouncing around and everything. Or they just change like one part of the body moving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very still animation still used today in South Park. Uh, and uh, the Simpsons for uh, for the most part. Okay. Uh, anybody else got a couple other um, honorable mentions? Got a couple. Uh, yeah, read them off. Yeah. Captain Caveman and Speed Buggy. Oh, I loved like, Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels. Yeah. I like really the Chopper Bunch more on the motorized guys. <laughs> yeah. Josie and the Pussycats was my honorable mention. It's a good honorable mention. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Top Cat for me. Did you, oh. you mention Top Cat? Wait, was uh, Top Cat from Barbera? Yeah. Yes. A, a direct ripoff of Sergeant Bilko, but I love Top Cat. Such a ripoff. Yeah. Like, right from it. I mean, there's no... <laughs> I think they stole some of the scripts. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. If they had voice to text at the time. <laughs> that, was, that was the closest they got. Touche Turtle. Touche away! Uh, Wally Gator. Ghost Chasers. <laughs> uh, my wife's favorite was the Smurfs, obviously, but she also was a big fan of. Um, uh, oh, crap. Yeah, it's not important what she likes. Don't worry. <laughs> I can't Which remember I what you said. Maybe that one? Which uh, I like. No. Oh, Pixie and Dixie. The, the, the mice. Uh, the oh, mice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, let's go on to the the next one. Tom, take that big gulp and tell us what your favorite Hanna-Barbera in other form is. Well, you know, we, we talked a little bit about uh, – I, I think I got to my easy go-to. And that was I love the, the, the reimagining of Birdman in the future as Birdman attorney in law. Brought back a lot of the old Hanna-Barbera car- cartoon characters. Fred Flintstone as a mafia boss. Uh, Apache Chief as a guy who spilled coffee in his lap. He got terribly burned. Peter Hippopotamus, the bumbling other attorney who's always sending you that thing. thing? Did you get that thing? That thing. That, thing. That's, that I sent you? Uh, and, uh, of course, Bird Girl, who is uh, just funny. <laughs> I like Bird Girls. I thought her stuff was funny. And leggy, very leggy, very elegant. Harvey Birdman, I have been binging Harvey Birdman on. Uh, I think it's probably the best show on HBO Max. I said it. <laughs> it is a really good show. I didn't watch any of these. What? Josh said you didn't watch any of these. I did not. No, I have not seen it. Oh, I have any episodes of Harvey? I'm so jealous that you will be able to experience. Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. And it's not Birdman. It's Birdman. No, it's Birdman. Just promise me you'll watch the Huckleberry Hound Concealed Carry episode. (laughs) Okay. Done. Because the right to conceal and carry is very important (laughs) to a lawman. Shaggy and Scooby get pulled over by state troopers. (laughs) They're smoking pot. (laughs) They're just having Scooby snacks. And all they do is laugh and never say a goddamn thing. Apache Chief can't grow anymore because he spilled hot coffee in his lap and he's lost his ability to grow. Wow. Oh, very, 
Oh, Fred Flintstone is a mafia don? So what do you do in this construction business? You know, things. <laughs> things. <laughs> things. Yep. And, uh, of course, uh, one of the best uh, uh, backstabs of all time, when Blue Falcon comes in and tries to usurp power. <laughs> so, that's all good stuff. Harvey Birdman, I think we all... Besides Josh, agree that that's a pretty good one. Yeah, I love I love the fact that he can't poop if somebody's in the next stall. <laughs> I mean, that's just real good character development. I can relate a little bit, yeah, for a while, yeah. I can poop in my time in the military. I can poop if someone's sitting if her knees are touching, which actually is the way some of these latrines are built. Jeff, Mike, oh, yeah. we're up the whack, and there's a hundred toilets. Right next to each other, and if your knees aren't touching the guy next to you, you guys all don't have to poop bad enough. <laughs> bare knee against bare knee, taking a shit. Worst Wednesday ever. <laughs> Josh, what's your second? Well, your first for uh, later iterations. Uh, I'm going to go with a friend of the co- podcast, Mark Russell's uh, reimagining of the Flintstones in Comic Book Farm. Drink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 I mean, he's on. He's logged into Skype right now. I should just try to dial him in. <laughs> I, I gotta say, that's probably one of the best comic series I have ever read. Have you had a chance to read it, Stacy? I haven't. Um, so jealous that you get to experience the Flintstones. Yeah, <laughs> really good. So I, relevant. So timely. Just brilliant, brilliant satire. He just takes the Flintstones into the modern day and just gives them a life that we can all believe. Like, we can all yeah. relate to it. It's, it's, he totally – not to spoil anything, but in one episode or one issue, he skewers the whole concept of marriage. Because in the Stone Age, they believe in polygamy. And people who uh, are devoted to each other are the abnormal folks. <laughs> and like I, I can't believe you think that one man and one woman should just be together that shit is blasphemy very good very good we'll check that out yeah it's, uh, it's brilliant well that was my first one too so uh, uh, Del T did you have a did you already go for yours uh, I really like Space Ghost Coast to Coast Coast uh, Coast to Coast was good, but I also <laughs> like the Space Ghost comic that they did that was oh. released digitally in 2016 that gave all the backstory to Space Ghost's origin. Oh, yeah. Who wrote that? Uh, that was by Joe Kelly and Ariel Olivetti. That was a very good one. So, it was a very great comic so, that kind of gave you all the backstory. What's his backstory? What's his deal, man? Well, he was a space ranger, but the the whole corp was uh was corrupt, and so he had to, his family was decimated, and he had to kind of don a hood and and go sort of uh, on his own to to root out the corruption. Yeah, kind of Lone Ranger esque. Yeah, yeah, it was very Lone Ranger esque. Cool, but it was good. Is that on uh, Comicsology? Uh. It's available on Comixology, but I don't know if it's on Unlimited. Oh, probably on DC Universe, though, right? Yeah, it probably is. Stacy, what do you got for yours? 
Oh, my first one is Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Oh, well, then, oh I'll have you a should drink. Drink. <laughs> that show. I I have not started revisiting it yet, but now that you've talked about watching Harvey Birdman or Harvey Birdman, uh, I think I'm going to have to start watching both of those again because I absolutely love that show, and I I remember how weird it was. Um, there's one episode where Space Ghost follows an ant. For most of the show, if it's just so bizarre, and I remember watching it and somebody coming in the room and being like, "What are you watching?" And I'm like, "I really don't know." I mean, I know I'm space ghost. I honestly don't know what what I'm watching. So it was it was weird, and it was always fun to watch the interviews where the person didn't really get the the shtick like they didn't quite understand that it wasn't a legitimate interview <laughs> <laughs> so those are always fun and and i'm a huge fan of uh brack and zorak and moltar but mostly brack and zorak i think my favorite one on, on space ghost was when freddie prince uh was being interviewed and they did the i'm driving <laughs> i'm yeah. driving down route 40 in my <laughs> whatever that's God damn, that was a fun song. Now do it like fish. Now do it like ladies. Now do it like Tom Brokaw. I'm driving in my truck down Highway 40 in my big old pickup truck. Good stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. What's your number two? What's your number two, Tom? Me? I hear number two. Jeez, you put me on the spot here. Uh, Number two... My, I, dr- um, I I didn't have a number one because Josh stole it with the Flintstones comic uh, book. That was an easy one to steal because that one was really good. That was uh, definitely one of the ones I was going to go to, but I really did like the Snagglepuss oh. reimagining in DC. You go drink it over your tummy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It Mark was Russell. Moving, it was poignant. Um, the writing was just so good and fresh. There's a few times... I. I, you guys all know me as an emotional guy. I will cry during an AT&T commercial if the dad hugs the son at the end. That's it. I'm crying. I'm done. Snagglepuss, there was a couple of times where it was just the, the, the heaviness of what he was talking about. Like, really got me right to the brink of tears. I mean, it was a great, great uh, soliloquies. Yeah. Have you read that one, Stacey? I did, yeah. yeah. I love one. Uh, for the, the listeners, Mark Russell again, uh, the honorary, although could be permanent, long box guy if he ever wants to join us, uh, wrote that. And Snagglepuss is a gay playwright during the Red Scare and the McCarthy trials. Yeah, it's just uh, the weight of it, the weight of it, the gravitas that he's able to write. Uh, for this character is uh, really amazing. Great stuff. Who's next on number twos? Yeah, number twos either, yes? So uh, I'm going to go uh, back to um, Godzilla, and I don't want to just uh, sort of cut out and say, you know, there was so much done after the Godzilla cartoon that you know, there was, uh, you know, such a myriad of, of things to choose from. But I'm going to go really particular and go to the uh, the beginning of uh, the Godzilla Dark Horse color special series. Yeah. Uh, so this, these comic books uh, were 
were brilliant, and I love them. In one particular one, uh, titled uh, Gaikidojin, he ends up uh, on this uh, island where there's a giant Japanese statue, basically, of a of an ogre in, in samurai armor and they get into this battle and is probably just one of my favorite Godzilla villains I had seen up until that point, especially, I mean, in print, it was definitely the best, just a, a really fantastic series. And I really love what dark horse did with him in those early runs, fantastic comic books. And it really sort of set the stage for a lot of the, uh, what they're doing now with the, the the more recent Godzilla films, but in print, the Dark Horse series was was really fantastic. Tommy, sweet sweet Tommy, what do you got next? Um, everybody kind of stole my stuff, so um, I would have to say Banana Splits with their uh, their, their horror movie. Don't yes. don't ah, that was my drink. Are you really going to say the horror movie? Because that was awesome. Did you guys I haven't see seen that. that? I wasn't going to say the horror movie. I was going to say the comic book. But... Well, talk about the comic book, which was also brilliant, I thought. Banana Splits and Suicide Squad? Yeah. Was it and Suicide Squad? They were forced to become part of the Suicide Squad. It was really funny. I, I loved that comic book. Why did you like it? Uh, well, I mean, just the just, juxtaposition of the banana splits being required to be part of the suicide squad uh, in itself was hilarious, but also the execution of it was pretty good. Um, the, the artwork was really well, much better done than I was going to expect out, out of a book like that. <laughs> you know what I thought? I thought the artwork was better than it had to be. Like we're just going in here and have a lighthearted romp, but you guys put some fucking effort into it. And good for you. Yeah. Is what I was thinking. I would have enjoyed this comic book just because of the premise, but you you put the they they put the work into it, and it was a lot like an episode of the Reservoir Dogs to me more than anything else. I thought the Banana Splits characters really came off more like Reservoir Dog characters, and they just got put in this world where yeah. Why do I got to be Mister Pink? Because <laughs> you're a pink elephant. Shut the fuck up. Uh, let me talk briefly about my, my second choice, or third choice, which would have been the Banana Splits horror movie, uh, which recently came out on the Sci-Fi Channel. It's not a, um, uh, an homage. It is not a like a, a wink and a nod. It's the Banana Splits. They got the characters. And it's very much like um, uh, the, the Freddy's, uh, Fright Night at Freddy's uh, uh uh, franchise where they have these crazy animatronic robots that go crazy and just start killing people. Oh. Five Nights at Freddy's series. And um, it's a little bit like that, but it's really its own thing. It's gruesome. It's bloody. It's violent. I can't believe anyone greenlit it, and I loved it. For what it was. It's not high cinema, it's, but it's a lot of fun. Alright, well, so I'll go to my number two which is the Josie and the Pussycats movie. I love the guy. I loved this movie. My wife and I went and saw it. There were three teenagers and two older folks in the back. And like, we were the only ones who actually got it. Um, when they started, the band du jour started singing backdoor lover. I was rolling 
in my seat laughing. And my wife is like, shut up. Those kids down there don't understand how funny that is. I'm like, that's what makes it even funnier. (laughs) It's the filth that makes it funny. Yes, it is. If you have not seen it, you are missing out. The entire soundtrack is done by a Boston local, Kay Hanley, uh, from Letters to Cleo fame. Uh, I've met her on many occasions uh, in the uh, in the Boston music scene. And Tom, your least favorite D and D player, Chris, uh, knows her very well. He was the head of her fan club for a super long time in Boston. Um, so we got to see her and walk into shows all the time. And I love Kay. She's a she's really a super nice person if you meet her in person her uh husband uh was the guitarist in letters to cleo and went on to score a lot of cartoons that you like um he did uh all the stuff for the rugrats all the music for the rugrats he scored um so he scored a lot of music for cartoons uh that that sort of stretched into not my youth but the youth of uh kids around me and here's your drinking challenge Watch Josie and the Pussycats and drink every time there's product placement. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of product placement in that movie. Mike, I want to take your choice, though, and drag it to the next iteration, honestly. And that is in the the, car, uh, the TV show Riverdale, where they bring Josie back. Uh, Riverdale is sort of like one of my guilty pleasure shows. Uh, where they And they, they bring a lot of that stuff back. Uh, so. If you listen to the show regularly, you know my my grandfather wrote Archie Comics in the 50s. So I sort of just have this affectation where uh, Riverdale is just one of those shows where it's not great, uh, but I still watch it. And uh, I, I, just, I, just, I just can't get away. I can't, esca- I can't escape the gravitas of the history for me. So I, uh, I, I, I still watch it. Keep going. Hey, you got your show. That's fine. My mom had her shows. You got your shows. Yeah. <laughs> you were also illustrated into a Hansel and Gretel book. I don't see you fixating on that. <laughs> you don't know how many Hansel gingerbread houses he has. Yeah, yeah. Hansel and Gretel go to Germany. Fine. Okay. Hansel and Gretel go. Yeah. Fine. A murder mystery. Fine. That's right. Yeah. Um, I need Archie. Two to hang those walls, Tom. You don't know what I do with gingerbread houses. <laughs> comics have a special place in my heart because that's how I learned to read. My mom, uh, my mom helped me learn to read through Archie Comics. So, oh, that's nice. Learned to read and how I learned to love comics. So, absolutely, to this day, still adore everything about Archie and Archie Comics. I learned my love for hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Parrot, friend of the podcast. I'm sure we should uh, we could we could bring him back for. Uh... Archie Appreciation Day. Oh yeah, Dan Parrott, real good friend of the podcast, and uh, yeah. he's he's written some great ones. Tom, you got a last one for us? Uh, you guys stole all mine. Ah, well, who else has got one? Raise the hand. Mikey's got. The, I Mikey, got my third oh, one, no. and I am positive that it should have been on LT's list. Uh, well, let's yeah. hear Mike's, and we'll go down the stage. I'm going to go to an album called Saturday Morning. Cartoon's Greatest Hits. Oh, uh, yeah. Liz Fair doing the Tra-La-La song. Um, uh, Seismonic doing Sugar Sugar. Uh, Juliana Hatfield doing Josie and the Pussycats. Collective Soul doing the Boogaloos. 
But Mike, I'm going to stop you for a second because uh, Stacy actually said she wanted to cover this one at the beginning of the podcast. You might not have heard her, uh, but she had a whole big thing about this. Yep. Oh, I stole Just it. Go Sorry. ahead, trounce all over Stacy. Yeah, why don't you? Oh my God, I tommed you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, he meet me. <laughs> some toms know when to stop, Mike. Oh, no. Well, there's uh, to tell which one. Yeah. Sorry, so, keep going. That was that was uh, yeah that was a that was a big one for me. Um, I am a huge fan of the '90s cover albums, like If I Were a Carpenter or uh, Schoolhouse Rock rocks. And I think Saturday Morning Cartoons Greatest is probably the best one of of those. Um, there was also Kiss cover album, um, Kiss My Ass. Uh, that was really good, but taking alternative artists and having them cover cartoon theme songs. I mean, it was made for Gen X, uh, old millennials. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, so I didn't know this until a friend of mine, uh, sent me a link to it. There was a VHS companion to Saturday morning cartoons, greatest hits, um, that was Drew Barrymore and a bunch of other, I'm guessing actors. I don't know. I didn't recognize anybody <laughs> else. Um, but they were in this very colorful 70s by, ways of, by way of the 90s kind of kitschy set that was supposed to be their house. They're all in PJs um, watching the music videos and kind of introducing them. And I'm pretty sure Drew Barrymore was high through the whole thing. And it, it just sounds like if you were sitting on the couch with your stoner friends watching music videos... That VHS is there, um, and you can actually find most of the videos on YouTube uh, with the little cutscenes with Drew Barrymore and her friends. <laughs> and it's it's cringeworthy, but it's really fun to watch if you don't have anything else to do for a couple a couple of minutes. Yeah, just a quick uh, search on YouTube finds a couple of them right off the bat, and those lead to a couple more. So uh, it's not that hard to find. And they are. I, I watched a couple on mute. Uh, while we're uh, just doing this, it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like 1995, so it was about the era that Drew Barrymore was flashing David Letterman. and <laughs> yeah. know, Just to give you a frame of which Drew Barrymore you would see in that one. Not the Drew Barrymore doing the very wholesome talk show right now. Right. <laughs> the dorky mom, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. So if you, do, if you search the Tra-La-La song... You will actually find an Italian group doing a cover of it, and that is just amazing because they they have such a great accent when they're singing in the English. So they, <laughs> they enunciate very well because they're trying to make sure they get it right. So very big fan of that. But Stacy, I'm sorry I stepped all over you. I must have been getting my drink when you had mentioned it. Worries. Uh, so I actually had an alternate third uh, that was also musical, also has to do with the Banana Splits, and that is the Dickies cover of the Banana Splits theme song. Most probably know it from uh, Kick-Ass. It's in the you know big fight scene, Pit Girl. Um, interesting fact about the Dickies, they also did the soundtrack for Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and I love that soundtrack. <laughs> it is a lot of um, yeah. All right, Mike, give us a couple more of your honorable mentions. That's it. I'm tapped out, man. You're done? You spent it? 
Yeah, blew my load. <laughs> blew your load. I, you know, I kind of forgot. I didn't really think of Riverdogs. I don't think of Archie Comics as Santa Barbaric, of course, or not. But bringing in Josie, absolutely, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good call on that one, Tommy. That I mean, Josh. That really. Uh, that really skirted my end zone on that one. Tommy, did you have any last ones? Anybody? There's there been some. Oh, well, Stace, keep going, buddy. Two one more. more. We'll move on. Um, one is uh, C Lab 2021. Again, going back to that Hanna Barbera properties that uh, Turner owned and told you know told Cartoon Network to do something with. Uh, and then the last one is. Not necessarily technically Hanna Barbera, but we talked about it a little bit before, and that would be Venture Brothers. Um, I learned a lot. Venture Brothers making fun of not making fun of as much as an homage slash making fun of slash parody. Yeah. 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 I I will say I do have one honorable mention, and it's it goes back to our whole argument about can you appreciate the art even though you don't like the artist. Oof. So one of my favorite commissions I ever got done was Magilla Gorilla Grodd by an artist named Ethan Van Siver, who is a right-wing troll now. But I did not wow. know it at the time when I got it done because, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and he was so nice about it. He was because uh, I was like. Can you do Gorilla Grodd? And he's like, of course. I drew, I drew the Flash, and I'm like, can you give me a Magilla Gorilla Grodd? And he was like, yes, I would love to do that. So it's just a Gorilla Grodd with the bow tie and the bowler hat, and it is fucking phenomenal. And I don't want to frame it. <laughs> you know what? Frame it. You know, art is art, and sometimes it's separate from the artist. Yeah. I do, however, notice that we never do our Kevin Sorbo intro anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and we probably never will again. <laughs> and I have had so much fun watching Lucy Lawless destroy Kevin Sorbo on Twitter. If you guys aren't watching that, it's real fun. Kevin Sorbo has gone really wacky right wing, and Lucy Lawless is a goddess among us who we don't deserve. I like to think that those aneurysms did some permanent damage. Eh. Well, eh. Yeah, they definitely did some permanent damage. <laughs> That's an aneurysm, man. It's not, not a birthday party. <laughs> though birthday parties can do some permanent damage, too. Josh will attest to that. Unless it's a soft yeah. birthday super party. Soft. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, super soft. Oh, my so, God. I, I can't know. wait I till I move up. Yeah, I don't know if Tom recalls, but going back to your uh, your love of the uh, of the Dickies playing that song, Tom and I actually know, uh, and probably Mike know all of the Dickies. Oh yeah. <laughs> How do we yeah. know them? Wow. Well, we were running into them. Sure, we were in the same circles for a while. I think we lost Josh. I think Josh had a stroke. Josh, did you have a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> It would be so unfunny if Josh had a stroke and just froze like that. Uh, we're having technical difficulties, but uh, the Dickies, uh, we probably did. I mean, Tommy, do you did you do you know any of them? No. Well, we ran in the same circles when we were in California uh, because we knew, like, all the super suckers and um, me first and the, uh, gimme, me first gimme, and the gimme, gimme gimme's and all those guys, and we toured with them. And the Dickies, I think, were on one of the tours with us for a while. And uh, as I recall, they were really fun and uh, a good group to uh, hang out with. And, uh, yeah. 
All right. Let's let's wrap it up. We don't want to do back in the long box, front line. We are, we're, yeah, we're, we're, long. we're running long. We're way long, way long, way long. All right. So let me just say, uh, let, let's do plugs real quick. Stakes, you got to plug your other your other podcasts are so good. I finally got a chance to listen to one at the gym. Oh, yay. Yeah. So um, my other podcasts that I appear on, uh, are the ones are on the, the retronetwork.com. Uh, we just filmed an episode last week that uh, is a new game show we're trying out called, I believe, What's the Line? Um, it was, we thought it was going to be a trivia game about quotes from movies and TV shows, and it ended up being so much more, uh, including things like knowing the composer's of theme songs from police dramas from the 80s and 90s. Um, so that was a lot of fun. That should be coming up. And I should have some toy uh, toy articles coming out in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, some about Masters of the Universe um, and Ella Fitzgerald's uh, Barbie. And I think... Wait, there's uh, going to be an Ella Fitzgerald's Barbie? There is an Ella Fitzgerald Barbie. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, there's Ella Fitzgerald, Maya Angelou, and uh, Rosa Parks uh, that just came out, and they are gorgeous. So, yeah, some of that's coming up. So, theretronetwork.com. I have a funny Rosa Parks story. I'll tell you after the show's over. Tommy, you got any, uh, do you got any uh, plugs? Uh, plugs? I'd like to plug geekorthodox.com. 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 Hello, Timmy. <laughs> GeekOrthodox.com prepares and fine t-shirts and other geeky things such as stained glass prints, t-shirts, uh, baseball caps, magnets, whatever. I don't know. They got all kinds of stuff over there. Hey, my internet's back. Hey, Josh is back. Hey. Hey. Just in time for plugs. Josh, you got anything to plug? We just did the uh, Delinos. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what do I have to plug? Um, I got nothing. I'm going to plug our Patreon page because I love our Patreon page. Yeah. If you go to our Patreon page, Patreon the Longbox Guys, uh, you can see an extra podcast almost every week called The Geek Leak. The Geek Leak is just us talking about all the stuff that we're doing during the week to keep our minds occupied during this plague years. Also, every single penny that goes to The Geek Leak and how much is that for our Patreon? Does anyone remember? One dollar a month. One dollar a month? Shut your cornhole. One dollar? For just one dollar a month, uh, you can not only support the Geek League, but all the money goes to the Elizabeth Peabody House Food Pantry, uh, which feeds almost, uh, which right now is feeding about 80 families a week. Uh, and uh, it uh, goes directly to that no money goes anywhere else right to that food bank and uh, we really do appreciate all the people helping us out speaking of helping us out I'd like to thank uh, Kirby Crackle they provide our geek rock music every week you can check them out at kirbycracklemusic.com and I gotta say uh, if you have are not following us on Twitter at the long box guys is the way to go and Tom I watched the Jericho MJF uh, video. The, the dinner debonair. The, I watched the dinner debonair, and I I was like, okay, AEW, you've done it. I'm going to go watch you now. I don't get the channel it's on, so I can't watch it. Damn it! You don't have Hulu. Yeah, I have Hulu. You got it then. AEW. 
No, it's it's Hulu Plus. You got it. Oh, it's Hulu Plus, maybe. Hulu Plus. Yeah, to get your local channels. Yep. Yep. All right. Never mind. You son of a bitch. You You get me hooked. You drag me back into wrestling, and then my cheapness. (laughs) Uh, Watch Dynamite every week. It's almost as good. It's like their uh, Saturday morning show for uh, the old WWE stuff. And I will say I would like to thank Comic Conspiracy, my local comic book shop. I went in to grab some Warlord comics because, for those of you who don't know, my dad dropped out of school in the third grade to start working in a factory and taught himself how to read by reading comic books and passed on that love to me. And I am trying to fill some of his uh, runs of his favorite comic books so I can gift them to my uh, my nephews, his grandchildren, and whenever I mention that, when I'm because people don't usually go looking for old warlord comics. Um, whenever I mention that, I usually either get a, a big discount or they just give me the comics for free. Uh, so uh, it's it's happened to me now three times that I've done that. Uh, so if you want to game the system. Come up with a sad story about your dead dad. That's all I'm saying. I've seen it happen. I've been witness to one of those times. Yeah. (laughs) I've been trying. What was the? I've been trying to fill in my stalker. Do you guys remember Stalker? DC Comics. No Stalker. Mm -mm. The man without a soul. I remember Jim. Nobody remembers this stupid combo, but I really liked it. I I just I thought it was an Atlas comic forever, and that's. No lie. I thought it was an Alice comic that I just couldn't find. I kept looking at her in Alice. It ends up it's a DC comic that just looks like an Alice comic. Oh, it was part of the DC implosion. Yes. Which we'll have to talk about at some point. Yeah, and uh, it absolutely 100% looks like an Alice comic. And I always thought it was Alice. And now I'm just starting to refill in some of those stalkers. I love the old stalker comic book. Same exact thing. When I tell them I like stalker, they're like, stalker, you, you can have these. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and that does do it for us here at the Long Box, guys. Uh, we had a kind of a shorter, uh, a kind of a long episode tonight. We do thank everybody who stayed with us and listened in. Uh, Stacy, got any words of wisdom for us? Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah, everybody stay safe. Um, don't eat plasma this week uh, because I had COVID and they want my plasma. Uh, so, yeah, just stay safe, take care of each other. Be nice. I love that. Stay safe and take care of each other. Who can say anything nicer than that? Maybe Mikey. Mikey, what's this podcast like to you, buddy? It's like drunk history, but for comics. Tommy, sweet, sweet Tommy, what do you got? Uh, this podcast is like the peaceful transfer of power in America to <laughs> me. That's what this is like. That's nice, Tommy. Let's hope for it. Let's hope for it. Josh, Washington, D.C., Inauguration Day. Sitting in front of your computer, is that your sector? Uh, my sector is completely concealed behind a mask, as should everyone else's. As should everyone else. Let's give a hundred more days, guys. Let's get that herd immunity up. And don't forget what I always say. Don't do this what you hate. Just promote what you love. You're going to live longer. Thank you so much from the Lockbox, guys. Box, <laughs> guys.